0: welcome back to the work and play podcast Uh, my name is aria well you know what i actually wanted it to be work and play podcast and i'm gonna tell you why um so but before i do that i'm gonna introduce my my guest here because he's a special guest and then you guys will know who's in the room talking with me as we brainstorm this first episode of the what shall be named as the work and play podcast so would you like to introduce yourself
1: no further further ado. Hello everyone. My name is Albert Bonjo. Ariel and I go a long way, way all the way back to our UGA days and we've kind of kept in touch and followed each other as we've grown into where we are right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you guys are in my library in my house and we're doing the first episode of the Work and Play podcast. And so the reason that I said I don't know if it's gonna be the work and play podcast is because it might evolve and I'm okay with that. But the concept came from me uh, wanting to merge my two philosophies, or it's actually one philosophy in one, so wanting to merge my work life and my play life, mm-hmm. all in one, having profitable conversations, revenue-driving conversations with my friends in the comfort of my own home. so like this like the idea has been a thing since I became an entrepreneur, but I also realized personally, and so this is just something that I like. As much as this is a philosophy of mine, <laughs> I still find myself in a cocoon, just like working by myself. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like Courtney, like if I don't see Courtney for a while, she's like, "Oh, I just thought you was hanging out with Albert," and I'm <laughs> like, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, "Nah, I, actually, I, I haven't seen Albert."
1: <laughs> from from my perspective, honestly, I think like where you are with your business right now, you're in the lab, you're like cooking up stuff, so you know. Sometimes yes. creativity takes you you have to immerse yourself into whatever you're doing.
2: I'm glad
0: I you mean, said that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to Albert is my he is my steady, calm headed, like literally he's my voice of reason and y'all can hear it already. <laughs> so before we get into it, I wanted to just introduce my friend because the work and play podcast is not only for us to have a conversation about um our careers and, and and just career exploration, it's for us to just to talk and have a conversation about what self actualization means for us. Because, like, like Albert said, where I mean, I'm in like a lab, I'm in, I'm cooking it up, Absolutely. and so without further ado, um, the first thing I guess I, w- I would say is so Albert's a project manager, but there's so much that goes beyond that. So, would you like to just start off by telling everybody what your career story is and how you even bound project management
1: absolutely so I mean first off I'm going to be completely honest like Mm -hmm. leaving UGA Mm -hmm. I had zero idea Mm -hmm. as to what I wanted to do I mean I feel like I definitely could have been more involved I feel like you were you were more involved more engaged Mm -hmm. however you know I did know that I wanted to go into the corporate route Mm -hmm. so fortunately for me I got an opportunity with AT&T. And being that I was a business management major, you know, it happened to be project management. Yeah. So my first role was actually at AT&T, which mm-hmm. is, I like to think of AT&T as basically the pillar of my project management foundation is where I learned okay. the tools, the skills, and really got um, introduced to tech, technology. So um, stayed there for about four and a half years. During that time, you know, I kind of started specializing a little bit. I knew I didn't want to be in telecom because, in my mind, even though AT&T is a technical company, they were kind of like the older guys. I wanted to be more in the forefront of technology. Um, so I, from there, I took on a role at Georgia Pacific where uh, I worked on basically emerging technologies, like the internet of things, uh, you know, as we all see nowadays, everything is connected to the internet. Like, whether you have a ring doorbell, even your thermostat that you can control from, you know, wherever you are. So, I I just became really, really interested in that. And what's funny is, I knew that even Georgia-Pacific was just another stepping stone, Mm. because um, even though, you know, they were entering that space, that's not necessarily their specialty. So, for me, I'd say one of the main things that I've done in my career is to to be honest with you, unintentionally really plan or or really be very cognizant of where I am currently and where I want what where, where I want to get to. And then in the meantime, like you know me, I'm pretty reserved. I'm not the most outgoing person as far as reaching out for mentors, which is something that I'm trying to work on. But however, I feel like Whenever I get in those spaces, somehow, for some reason, people always kind of basically mentor me unintentionally, really, like, hey, this is where I am, or if you want to get to this space, you know, maybe these are some of the tools or certifications that you should learn. So, for me, like, for instance, working at Georgia Pacific, um, a lot of the implementations that I worked on were also tied to the cloud. So, then you can see I went from emerging technologies to the cloud, which, the cloud actually ties everything. Um, it's essentially all information and data from all of our devices and all connected solutions are embedded in the cloud. So for me I went from, you know, the Internet of Things so I'm like, hmm, now I'm interested in the cloud. And some of the main providers of cloud services are Microsoft Microsoft and AWS. Yeah. So I mean I never actually told you this but I actually interviewed with aws
2: okay
1: and um speaking of the power of connections the reason why i landed my most recent role at microsoft was because my girlfriend joy actually (laughs) 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 shout out to to, joy i had to do that because the last time she called me out But she um, essentially saw that uh, there are a lot of large openings for cloud services project managers in Atlanta. Mm. So she essentially um, basically sent me information information of some recruiters, and I essentially just reached out to them saying, hey, this is my background, this is my name, these are my qualifications. I feel like I'd be a great match. And fortunately for me, um, someone recommended me, I interviewed, and Actually, the interview was a full-day interview, and the next day, I got the position. Wow. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm learning something. I didn't know. I mean, of course, we talk all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't talk as much as I'd like to, but I knew a little bit about your journey um, to get to Microsoft. But what I didn't know, well, one, I didn't know that you you were piecing together this larger story of, like, once you got into the tech space, You identified, okay, I'm getting into the Internet of Things, and you were like, okay, I'm kind of interested in this. Mm -hmm. And then you were working, so Albert was working on this really cool project at the Atlanta Hartsfield International Airport. And all I knew was it was a Wi-Fi project, and so you were able to... Um, tap into the into the uh, airport Wi-Fi so that people, wherever they are, they can tap into the Wi-Fi and then get all these different functionalities. And I think you told me like even the hand sanitizer
1: absolutely was
0: down to the Wi-Fi?
1: Yeah, just, just know that when you're at the airport, everything that you interface with, data is being collected. Um, I actually didn't, I wasn't aware, but they tie a lot of um, apparently when people have good experiences in restrooms or even in general out in the open, it makes them spend more money um, at the airport number one at the mm. restaurants and it makes them want to fly you know through the, the airport and, and book you know we know delta's the giant of the airport it makes yeah. them want to kind of relive that experience again
0: oh with, with man Delta. that makes so, so much sense yeah like from a customer perspective, if I have a good experience at the airport, even if it, even if I just have a layover, mm-hmm. and I know as soon as I hit the ground, I can cut on my my app, I can figure out what my next flight is, and then I have this much time to go get something to eat, mm-hmm. and then even like the hand like the hand sanitizer is such a small you thing, know. but you tapped into this world of the cloud. Absolutely. So would you talk a little bit more about the transition from going from the Internet of Things to working in the cloud, and then what you got? from those two experiences and how you make the connection? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I think at, at Georgia Pacific, working with the devices, I was more on the front end. Okay. You know, the front end is the is the output that everyone sees. Like, hey, okay, this sanitizer works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to specify more on more of the technology, like at the airport, basically uh, the sanitizer units are embedded with sensors that essentially let um, custodial staffs know right on time, essentially, when um, they need to swap out bottles. You know, you may think that that's something small, but that matters to people, especially with, you know, what we've been through the last year or so. Um, So, um, as I was saying, for me, um, I went from being on the front end to now, essentially, I'm working on the back end. So, I will be working with customers like GP to connect their devices to the cloud that way, data can be sent from, you know, their devices to the cloud and then back down to whatever services, however they want to disseminate their information. Mm. So, I think one of the main benefits of me having that experience is that I can kind of bring the um, insight of it as to, hey, this is what the customer is thinking. This is what they might be looking for or, you know, these are some of their pain points that they had in the past. So, then that way, we can proactively you know, try to solve those for them. That is so
0: cool. My friend is becoming cooler and cooler oh right in God. front of me. <laughs> okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Now I understand how at t built on your experience at um, Pacific. And now you're at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Before we... Sit, let's just save the good stuff for the last. Because everybody wants to be at Microsoft. Right. Everybody wants to know how you did it. Everyone wants to know how you interviewed. Everybody wants a girlfriend who can find that... That, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, in, that end point for us. But before we do that, um, you mentioned a lot. And to take us back to your beginnings, I met you at 22... Tw- no, maybe 21.
1: 21. Yeah. Yes.
0: So we were at UGA. And like Albert mentioned, he met me at a time, no, right before I went into MLT. I think we were in finance, 100 or 3,000 yeah. um, at UGA. And that semester, I think I learned about MLT. Well, I also met his girlfriend before he knew his girlfriend. <laughs> and we so we both were in MLT. And I think that's what gives us that that view of career development from like a, a strategic standpoint.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: you were always this, like like cool calm and collected person i never knew where your mind was going in terms of strategy and like you said you organically find mentors so i'm just curious to know like what if you could just walk us back even before i met you what kind of Mm -hmm. student were you and then how did you find organically mentors along the way
1: i think i mean i was definitely more of a head in the books you know I think as I've gotten older, I've, you know, I was more in my little shell or cocoon. I feel like a lot of people wanted to get to know me, but, yeah. you know, I had to feel like really comfortable. Of course, like, for instance, like you from day one, <laughs> once, like when, when we met, we just kind of clicked. Yeah. Like, it, so um, for me, like I said, I had absolutely no idea. I just, you know, I was like, you know what, let me get this business degree. I don't like accounting. I don't like finance. But I do like, you know, the whole management aspect because one of the things that I loved about management is that it's flexible. You can go into so many different arenas. So for me, it made sense being that I didn't know what I wanted to do. But then also, I mean, I, I was also doing some research and I saw how prevalent project management and how applicable it was to just so many um,
2: industries.
1: And the thing that people don't realize is basically every job is project management because every job or role has a deliverable. Even doctors, their job is to help cure sick people. That's a deliverable. And every role has steps that you have to follow through. That is project management. It's core. So I would say um, up until, you know, first and foremost, I, I don't know if I've told you this enough, but I was really struck by how driven you were. I'm like, man, she's like, (laughs) I mean, I guess the calm, cool, and collective part of me, I just kept it all inside. But, I mean, I did have days where, you know, especially when you all would go off on your MLT Mm -hmm. summits or whatever, and i was like, man, what am I doing (laughs) with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come to find out, he's, like, super successful now, and things just kind of, but anywho, I, I hate to interrupt. Yeah, no, I mean, I say this to say, um the most important thing i've learned is there are many different ways to skin a cat like follow don't try to be like anyone else be essentially be yourself Uh, definitely challenge yourself to be out out of your comfort zone which i feel like you've helped me it's something that you've helped me with um but at the same time stay true to yourself because um if you continue to be yourself and You know, I'm not saying that you should be nonchalant and not go for what you want, but there are different ways. You don't have to be the most aggressive person in the room to ultimately get to where you are. So, what
0: did that look like? Because mm -hmm. you you weren't you might have looked cool, comic book on the outside, Mm -hmm. but you weren't you certainly weren't taking a back seat in your career. Yeah,
1: I think for me, it was mostly like even just taking the initiative. Like for instance, taking on roles that maybe you were the first to, to do whatever the deliverable was. Like, for instance, at Georgia Pacific, this was a brand new team. There were no processes. So being the first PM on the team, I got to define the processes. So stuff like that makes you stand out. And not to mention, with the site, this was the Atlanta High Jackson Airport. You know, it's a kind of, it was basically the, the, the milk, the, the big cow for yeah. Georgia Pacific. So with that, then I think you know being able to successfully deploy our our um, deliverables on that site, then okay. it made people saw potential. And then yeah. you know um, I worked with a lot of consultants who had been in the industry for twenty to thirty years. So some of them, you know, we we communicate every day. Sometimes we even like show up on site. So through that, you know, my mentorships just kind of started solidifying. Where it's not it's not like I went to them and said, hey, will you be my mentor? But yeah. it's like, hey, I know this. you're here, so to get, tell me a little bit about my background. What would you recommend to me? Or where do you see technology going? Or if you were me, which space would you go in next? So just kind of picking people's brains. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> that's
0: funny that you said.
1: Yeah. People I'm, hate
0: the word pick your brain now yeah, no. in 2021.
1: You're, no, you're right. But I mean, I, I think that's essentially what, how you're doing. I, yeah, what, I, what I was doing. Because... Mm. You definitely, I mean, I know. I mean, I'm only, we're still very young, so we definitely have a, we don't know it all. So I always stay tied to some of that.
0: Yeah. One thing that, so one thing that we learned in MLT is how to solidify mentors. And then, and even at my first company at Target, mm-hmm. we were encouraged to do these things called coffee chats. Mm-hmm. So leaders knew that you were going to come onto their calendar so you can ask for time and learn about them. Mm-hmm. What was your first time? Like the first ever time where you were sitting in front of a senior leader, and they were you were picking their brain, so to speak, but you didn't know it because it sounds like it was more organic.
1: Um, I would say it was definitely at AT and T because just AT and T being such a, a huge conglomerate, you know, being a project manager, it was only a matter of time before one of your projects got escalated all the way to like a senior level, and so oftentimes, like we'd have one. To discuss if there was a hot issue, you know, what steps have you taken? What do you think, you know, should be the next step? So I would say, through that, really unintentionally, you know, like once we got done with the work aspect, then, you know, being that I was younger, people, some of the leaders would kind of take interest in me, like, hey, you know, I like how you did this, or I like, maybe next time you should do this. And then we'd kind of go into my background and what it is I wanted to do next. So. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, you know me pretty well. I am definitely not the, you know, I mean, I don't know. I I don't even know how I would describe myself. I definitely think that as I've gotten older, I have become a little bit more outspoken. But still, at my core, I'm, you know, I'm pretty mild mannered. So yeah. I, I would definitely never be the first person to, like, speak out in a room or go out mm-hmm. to someone and say, Hey, can you be my mentor? Yeah. It's just something that, first of all, I think mentorship Your mentor has to be someone that you're comfortable with also, or that you've shared certain experiences with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, um, that advice that we have to take, we have to get, find mentors, I think it can be a bit skewed, like skewed Mm -hmm. because when you're listening, you're thinking, okay, now I need to identify a person and and then ask them, can I be, can you mentor me? And I've done it, I've done it that way. Mm -hmm. And I've also learned to do it the organic way because, when you ask someone, hey, to be your mentor, mm-hmm. I realize now that I'm in a space where I have so many people who have the capacity to be mentors, right. it can be a bit like daunting. Like, you you know, what what do I have to offer from the mentor side? But then also there doesn't, it, you don't allow that organic development to happen mm-hmm. when you just automatically like just say, hey, can you be my, my mentor? You don't always know if there's going to be that that gel. So yeah, before you that. put somebody on the spot, And ask them if they're going to be your mentor, you should just kind of watch them and see like what, what do they, they stand up to, what are their leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, you, you want to, you have a, a natural way of getting, getting around in corporate America and you've gotten, you've recently gotten your new job at Microsoft. But before we get into that, I'm just curious, what would you say are like your top three successes in your
2: corporate career?
1: I think, you know, my number one success, honestly, was, you know, deploying that entire airport. I mean, I, before, prior to this, I did not know the logistics and red tape, <laughs> you know, the, the level of it at that airport and in government in general. Like, as far as even connecting to the, to the Wi-Fi at the airport, I mean, we had to go through the DOA. Then you had to, like, get, like, five to seven people to sign off, even to get contractors on site. They had to go through background checks, get badges, like you had to escort them, you had to put product in certain areas. So just kind of navigating that, I think it really, really challenged me professionally and even personally, because, you know, there were times where, I mean, I'm pretty sure I told you where, you know, I'd have to wake up at like midnight and go to the airport and stay there until 6 a.m. And, you know, in my mind. I'd be thinking, man, this is not what I signed up for. Or even there were times where I'd physically actually help people install sanitizer units in restrooms. So for me, I, you know, that's something that I'm going to take with me as I move on and, and move into bigger and better things, never be too big to even help with the smallest things. Like as a project manager, you know, uh, by default you are the leader of whatever engagement you're in. So I, I find that when you come in being humble and, and just formulating those relationships with all of your stakeholders, it helps, you know, the team achieve whatever goals you have much more efficiently. Oh, that's one. Yeah. What about the other two? That's one. I mean, number two let me think. What what would be my number two? I think my number two goal is definitely my I think I've persevered through a lot. You know, from even moving from AT&T, like moving from AT&T, I'd say AT, I, I probably would still be at AT&T. You know, it's a comfortable job. I've done the, the hang of it. So um, for me, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, internally, I feel like my competitive spirit and just the desire to want more for myself, that I have continued to push myself. Because, I mean, there are times with that Georgia Pacific world, to be honest with you. I wanted to quit mm. but in hindsight I'm glad I didn't because I think it helped push me to yeah. become who I am and um, lastly I'm more of a of a team type of person I feel like being on the teams that I've been in especially in my last role I've worked with people even though I'm no longer with the company we achieved like every time I go to that airport I feel like it's a piece of us mm. There. And then, like, even I even like keep in touch with those people because I feel like because of that project, a lot of people were able to move on into maybe some got promoted or they increased their technical ability. So I'll say, my, my, which to me, this is the most important accomplishment just helping to elevate others as I elevate myself.
2: Mm, oh That's man. what I'm
1: really.
0: You said it. You said, and that, you know what that makes, that reminds me of. So, guys, Albert is from Sierra Leone. Yes. And um, you traveled to America when you were like, what, five or six? Like
2: six. Six?
0: Yeah. Um, and what you just said about bringing people up, it's such a, it's starting to, I'm hearing it as you speak more mm-hmm. about your duty and your responsibility and your desire to help other people grow where they are. Mm-hmm. And um now that I mean we can touch on your achieve your next achievement in, in Microsoft, but as a Sierra Leonean man, how does that penetrate your career, like your desire to help people succeed?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think even like with my upbringing, you we were always taught like, you know essentially when you go out of your parents' house, you're not only representing yourself, you're representing your family, your parents. You know, your your African heritage, your background. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there, there's always been that drive to, like, be successful. But also, there's a notion of don't forget where you come from. Because, you know, there are people back home who are less fortunate than you. So, just making sure that you make the most of your opportunities. I mean, for me, you know, the biggest thing is you can achieve great things without stepping on on other toes. I, I think it's, it's, it's much sweeter. Kind of achieving success or getting to where you want to get to, if if you're helping other people, and and it doesn't even have to be intentionally helping people. Like sometimes helping someone, I feel like a lot of times it's, it can even just be you know being respectful. If someone you know, like as a project manager on the project, if someone is new to the role, kind of pulling them pulling them aside and making sure that they're up to speed or if they mess up. Kind of, you know, making sure, giving them a a snap on the wrist the first time. Hey, you don't understand. Next time, don't do this. Or what can we do to make sure that, you know, you'll be okay. Or when you're in this situation, you'll be able to handle it next time. So speaking of that, uh, I I definitely think my heritage and, you know, even my opinion. Because, you know, although I am Sierra Leone, a lot of part of me, each part of me is also American
2: and- <laughs> <laughs> <Dumb>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: more on that later <laughs> guys
1: <laughs> but yeah nah I mean I just think it's part of who I am to be honest with you and I, and to be honest with you, I think that's part of who you are too absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah, well, now so in the spirit of um uplifting others and for those um so sierra Sierra Leonian men and women and African American men and women who are listening to you, your story I'm sure resonates with a lot of people mm. and that brings us to where we are today, which you're you've just gotten into Microsoft, one of the really innovative Fortune 500 companies out there. And you got in there organically from what I know. So if you were to just bring us along the journey of the last couple of months and what that has looked like for you to get where you currently are today, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, taking on the role. I'm not going to lie. When I got it, I was feeling myself. You know what? (laughs) You know what? I've, I've done well for myself. But then I was quickly humbled. Because once I got to the role, I'm like, yo, um, some of these people are really, really smart. They're smarter than I am. You know, even my, like I said, I was more on the on the front end, the back end people in order to, like, make sure that all the devices communicate some of the stuff that they deal with. You know, I may have, you know, from years, like, kind of known, but I, I wasn't necessarily aware of what all went into it in terms of planning. And, of course, being a PM now in this space... I have to be aware of all of that, which can only be a, po- it's challenging, but it's, it's also a positive, because in a way, I'm adding a new set of skills to my um, portfolio, so I'm taking it in stride, um, I'd say the last few weeks have been, luckily, you know, they allow you time to acclimate yourself with the systems and some of the technology, so I'm mostly in training, and uh, I'm sure in a few weeks, I'll probably receive my project so we'll see how it goes I'm, I'm excited though yeah.
0: you know a lot of times people think that well I urge people to find opportunities that challenge you mm-hmm. and so in my own experience I've had to be challenged and stretched in different ways and being an entrepreneur gives its own set of challenges of like in personal development but what I'm hearing you say is that you're experiencing your own challenge, like your own, like, dare I say, self-actualization moment yeah. where you're learning, you're stretching yourself beyond what you're capable of doing Absolutely. and you're learning what you can do.
1: And to be frank with you, I can't say always, you know, all these challenges have been intentional. It's just, you know, the drive of wanting more, of being curious, or wanting to enter a, a different space that you're not as familiar with naturally comes with those challenges of, you know, leaving your comfort zone, which... You know, as, as human beings, let's be honest, we all, no one likes change. Yeah. But then I've also realized that the only constant is change, especially if you're going to be in technology, because things change. And customers come to us with different issues that we need to constantly um, evolve if we're going to solve. So yeah. um, The one thing that I do like about that is um, it feels like no one day, it's the same, and even though it is a corporate job, I don't feel like I'm just a pencil pusher. Like I don't have to sit behind a desk twenty four seven, you know, or or eight hours a day. Like I, I one day I feel like I can be kind of sort of an engineer. The next day I'm a consultant. The next, so I, in in many ways I I get to wear many hats, and I, I like that.
0: Mm, that's so cool. Your job sounds so cool, and I don't know if anybody wants to be a project manager out there, but I got so many other questions. But I'm curious. What would you say, uh, going into this role, Mm -hmm. you're how many, how many, four four weeks in? Yes. Um, Going into this role, taking stock of where you are and where you want to go, what would you say are the top three skills that you're bringing into this this role? And then what have you identified as three areas of opportunity, of improvement, or of exploration?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I'd say my number one skill is definitely organization, just making sure, like, As a project manager, some of the main mistakes, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, technical. Your job, your number one duty is to, I mean, the team members, they're actually the ones that are supposed to solve the issues. Your job is to organize them and get them to understand what their deliverables are. So when you pair all of those deliverables together, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense or you come with one singular um, outcome. And then during the course of it also, just making sure that everybody's on the same page or if someone is, is, is having issues, that the team in general can help them. So I would say um, I think that's my number one skill as far as just making everyone on my projects or even in general feel comfortable, respected. And I've also found that, you know, kind of having like a player space where people can voice their opinions without judgment. I'm really good at that. And I think my... Second most important skill is, I think I'm I'm a pretty fast learner. Um, obviously, you know I'm not I'm learning in in this space, but I've even found myself, you know, some of the things that maybe I, I thought I didn't know, you know, after four weeks now, you know, I'm kind of speaking the jargon now. When, mm. when I get on my on my mentoring calls, you know, I'm like, oh, look <laughs> look at me, I'm like talking like I, I know what I what I said that. So, I, I, I kind of see myself as a fast learner. And then, lastly, to something that you spoke to, I think I'm just my demeanor. You know, a lot of times um, on these projects, you know, something may not be going well. And usually the first set of action is people panic. Like, people, we might have these calls and people, oh my God, this is going, the project is going to crap. I'm usually the one that's like, okay, guys, calm down, let's work on the plan what's our issue and how do we get there? Which I guess it's really a a marriage of like my organizational skills and just keeping everyone calm. And I I think that's that's a very underrated skill because oftentimes what I've seen in my career is when there's an issue, the the first thing that happens is people look for who to blame. Mm -hmm. And to me, While you're trying to blame someone, the issue is getting even worse. How about we all, you know, of course, don't get me wrong. If someone screws up, yeah, we'll address it later. But let's figure out a way to solve the issue first. And then we can go back and then maybe figure out, you know, hey, what went wrong? Especially if if you're in a role where you have to work with people over and over, you don't want it to feel like no one can make mistakes. Because certainly as a PM, I've made mistakes. So I try to basically treat people the way I want them to treat me.
0: I love you to be my project manager or my manager in general. Is management where you want to go? Just a side note. Do you want to be a manager?
1: I mean, I, I I mean I feel like my career is probably going to go there. It's not. It's not. You know. It's it's something that I'll definitely be up to. But I wouldn't say that. You know. I, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, you know what? I want to
2: manage people. people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you
0: know, it's funny because like. <clears throat> Some people really aspire to be managers. Mm-hmm. Some people hate the idea of being a manager, and then there's you, who probably organically, I feel like will be the yeah. best manager. And even
1: if I were a manager, I don't. I'm not really a hierarchical person. It would be like, okay, you know what? I'm overseeing what you do, but at the same time, I need you just as much as you need me. We need each other to be successful. I just feel like relationships like that. Just foster growth for both parts, because what people don't realize is as managers, you can also learn from your managees. Mm-hmm. you know oftentimes they may know more about the role or the day to day duties than you do. That's why I also think it's very important, even if you're a manager or someone who's up a level. To touch base with you know some of the, the lower line level workers, so you can know you can you can kind of because at the end of the day they are the heartbeat of the business. They drive productivity and let's be honest, um, growth and sales. So if you don't really know or care to address their needs, more than likely you know they're either going to leave the company prematurely or sales will start to tank. So. Yeah.
0: Let's put our let's put our imagination caps on.
1: Okay,
0: I'm just I'm just curious where you would go. So one one of the things that you have said not on the podcast, but I know that you've said, and that we've gotten to in our own conversations in our mm. evolution. First, you were like, "I'm a project manager." That's not who I am. But then we kind of found that you identif- identifying that what good what other people are good at. Mm-hmm. is what you do as a project manager but it's also what you do in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think as a men as a manager you you have to bring some of that intuition into your role. Absolutely. So let's put our imagination hats on. Okay. And you have a you have a team of people. And you identify a weak link on your team. I don't mm-hmm. know what, I don't know what the weak at. You can shape the story for yourself and I think Maybe maybe they're even weak at project management. It's a project management team, yeah. and they're not necessarily good at my project management.
1: Holding mm-hmm. holding uh-huh. hold stakeholders accountable to whatever they're doing, following okay. up with, with. Perfect. Okay.
0: Okay. So this person is is a little bit weak in project management, project management specifically with holding stakeholders accountable, and then checking up on like milestones that need to be um, done. Right. And you identify that. Mm-hmm. How do you approach another young project manager? who doesn't know that they're not good at it or that just don't know how to be good at it? Well,
1: I I would think of it in terms of how I would want someone to approach me. You know, I like I know my knowing myself. I'm a pretty defensive person, to be quite frank. The number one thing I'd want, I'd probably start off with something positive. Hey, you're doing a really good job at blah, 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 what it is. But I do think that, you know, in order for you to get into the next level, and, and of course, it'd be an ongoing conversation. I'd make sure I have more background on this person where they're trying to get to do they want to like you say move to management do they want to move to become an engineer in order for you to get to this role or this level. you know I think it'd be good if, you, if we worked on blah 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 and here are the tools that you know we can we can use to get you to this level. and you know this is what I can do and this is what you can do and if you have any questions for me or input, I would also factor that in, into play. And in that way, hopefully we can we can come up with a plan for that person where, you know, they don't feel like they're being attacked, where they know that, hey, this guy actually is looking out for me. In a the mm. sense, they're not just picking on me or praying on me. Yeah. Um, because if it were me, if it were the other way around, that's how I'd want someone to approach me.
0: Yeah. Now, you're you're someone who has gone up through project management and it's been a great fit for you. How do you identify if it's not a great fit for you, and then what kind of things would you encourage that person to explore to see if other jobs are a good fit for them?
1: I think the good thing about project management is you become exposed to different roles at a company. like I work with engineers, consultants, the sales team, um, marketing. So through interacting with them and working on different projects, You can kind of see what you like. Like, do you want to work? Do you strictly want to work in accounting where you don't deal, you don't talk to customers, you just do your work and submit it? Or do you want to essentially try to sell stuff to customers all the time and be in their faces all the time? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to be a consultant where you show up on site? Well, now nobody's really showing up on site, where you do the work and then you move on somewhere else. Or do you want to be a project manager where you basically work with everybody, talk to everybody, or you kind of. Project management is one of those skills, skill sets where you're not really an expert at, at any one thing. You have to constantly evolve to the needs of number one, the customer, and then your stakeholders. So I think the good thing about project management is you kind of have the lens. You kind of you have a holistic lens of the different roles within the company. And then if if it's not for you. Like, for instance, one of the negatives of project management that I think some people may struggle with is the pressure that comes with the deliverables. Okay. Like if the project is lagging, and people look to you like, hey, what are you doing? You're the project manager. You're supposed to, what have you done wrong? So if that's not for you or holding people's noses to the fire is not for you at times, then you can maybe switch into you know some of those other roles that I've mentioned. Okay. But I think it takes some time. Like, the longer you're in project management, even within project management, there are different routes that you can take. Like, you can be a more technical project project manager, or you can be on the sales side. So, it's really, it can just take you to so many places, you know?
2: Mm.
0: Now, we had, we um, took a little bit of a detour because we went this management path, this mm-hmm. manager path. But I was just curious about um, what well, we did your... Three things that you're, you're bringing to the table yes. but in the in the um, realm of you developing as a person um, and before we get up out of here i'm just curious if you could give us an idea of what you've learned that what you've seen that you need to learn mm-hmm. and what you're excited about learning and challenging yourself doing
2: next
1: Definitely that I don't know it all. You know, I, I, I need to continue to improve my level of technical ability, you know, whether, you know, for instance, now becoming certified in cloud services or, you know, kind of learning some of the jargon or even gaining more knowledge with DevOps and things of, of that sort. And then also just, I think, being, continuing to be more assertive by nature. That is not me. That's something that I'm working on. But at the same time, I also want to keep that part of me because it is who I am and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in general, just making sure that, you know, even within whether I choose to stay here at Microsoft or elsewhere, continuing to challenge myself, making sure that I don't become complacent or especially since it's technology, looking for what's next, what's the next big thing. I think when you do that, you tend to have longevity. Because the worst thing that you can do is stay in a space where you know, kind of, the world or you, the universe moves past, and then you're still, you know, the technology is gone. Then that's how you end up finding yourself out of out of work. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. so th- those are some of my main challenges.
2: Okay.
0: All right. So I said that was the last question, but this is really the last one. All right, so we're going to just take a step back from project management a little bit, and it, it can still, of course, the building blocks are a part of your life, mm-hmm. but if we fast forward five years down the line, and we envision Albert five years down the line doing whatever he's doing, this is more like a role play,
2: mm-hmm. How would,
0: what, what do you envision yourself doing? How does it sound? And then how would you communicate that to someone like me since I am your bestie? We're gonna call call each other anyway. How would you how would you put yourself in that position? What are you calling me for? And what are you doing? What do you what have you achieved five years down the line?
1: Five five years down the line or whatever mm-hmm. I choose to go into, I'd you know, I'd call you, I'd be like, yo, I think I've mastered this or I'm an expert or people in this field or at my place of work look up to me for ideas. And I'd also the older I get You know, like you spoke about even getting into Microsoft. I think we've got to do more, especially people of color, to help open those doors. I mean, also what I didn't share was before that person put me on or basically sent my information, which I I always knew I was more than qualified, I also applied for roles at Microsoft where I applied and immediately got turned down. So um, there are barriers to entry. So I'd also want to be in a position where I could, Maybe help mentor more and you know, just be a point of entry for people who are qualified, people of color specifically, who are qualified and interested in entering that space but may not necessarily have those connections. And you know, from my vantage point, I'd probably reach out to you, like, Yo, how are you? <laughs> Maybe we're looking to, we're looking at blah blah blah. We have availability in these positions, you know, anybody, or can you link me up or anybody, or even with mentorship so I feel like you know me so um, you could probably match me with someone who I'd vibe with I, I think I'd do a good job of vibing with pretty much anybody but like for instance I think the main thing with mentorship is the number one question I would ask is what are you looking to gain from this most of the mentorship is about the person not you Like the goal should not be that I'm trying to recreate myself through somebody else no yeah. I, I think that happens a lot you're too blah blah blah. You need to be more like me because I've made it to this level. No, that shouldn't be the goal. Oh.
0: Wow. Yeah, would you would you mentor me?
1: <laughs> I gotta see. <laughs> right.
0: What do you want to get out of this area? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, but I think that's important because I mean, people may not necessarily, you know, you may you let's say I'm mentoring you. I may think, okay, she's trying to, like, become a VP. But your goal could be to, like, help people.
2: Right. And
1: then, you know, if we're aligned, then we can work together to make sure that you're getting what you want out of it. You know? And I also feel like that way you'll be more engaged.
2: Absolutely.
1: So
0: you guys heard it from the source. He's taking mentees. (laughs) <laughs> but if you want to get in contact and you want to learn more about project management, for sure, Absolutely. Albert Bonjo is definitely one of the people who I would consider an expert in the field and also a very personable person. So as you as you heard, he's not going to push you in a certain certain Mm -hmm. realm that you're not a good fit for but he can he can also help you explore what parts of project management are a good fit for you and what parts might not necessarily be a good fit for you and you might enjoy the conversation just in general because look we can probably have like a part two with some popcorn on the couch we
1: could probably go on for like five six hours yes
0: but because we only have like an hour i want to be respectful of his time Um, And and you guys have a wonderful day. I am here. The funnest thing about being a career coach is that I get to talk to all my cool boss friends about what their jobs are and help you navigate to get to either where they are or somewhere else, like, like, like Albert said. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I will be back for another episode of work and play or whatever it turns out to be as it evolves. And y'all have a good one. Peace out.
1: Man, that was that was a good conversation.
0: (laughs) Ah, It was forty five minutes. Yes, I like it. Yes, we did that. Okay, I thought we were over time, so I think what I'll do is have like a little timer here, okay, so that we can um be mindful of time. Oh, let me turn this one off.